Hi, welcome to the Brainworms podcast, the podcast that scours the wasteland in search of weird and horrible books, devours them, and regurgitates them into your gaping ear <laughs> mouths. I'm Joe. I'm David. And I'm Chris. Today we're going to talk about Fantastic Orgy by Carlton Mellick III. I'm so excited. I, um, uh... <laughs> Uh, I was I was not warned. <laughs> Carlton Mellick is an American author who currently resides in Portland, Oregon, apparently. He's best known as one of the, the leading authors of the Bizarro Literature Movement, which I'm going to read directly from Wikipedia, is defined as a contemporary literary genre which often uses elements of absurdism, satire, and the grotesque, along with pop surrealism and genre fiction staples in order to create subversive, weird, and entertaining work. So basically, this is the the lineage of like Kafka and Burroughs taken into the modern era, is what this I, guy is doing. Oh, n- now I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess I could have just said that. Kind of grotesque for the sake of being grotesque. Yeah. But yeah, this guy is apparently one of the pioneers of that genre as it became kind of a modern in like the late 90s into the 2000s kind of literary movement. Uh, We're reading a sample from his short story collection, Fantastic Orgy, um, a a short story hilariously called Porno in August. But before we get into that, I just want to remind the listeners that if you, for whatever reason, enjoy the weird noises that come out of us for an hour each week, uh, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. So feel absolutely free to get in there. Uh, we're going to have really exciting bonuses and benefits as the show rolls on. I, I have a concern. <clears throat> so before we get into the book, uh, you mentioned that this book is absurd on purpose. Mm-hmm. Does that not make it uh perfunctory for us to um no like the the point of the show isn't necessarily to be mystery science theater 3000 um it's it's literally just i want to find weird things and and read them and talk about them yeah so i mean not so much maybe you know pointing out oh my god this is fucking weird and grotesque because it is on the face of it on purpose that but does it do that well? Yeah. And then the the weirdness of it is just an added benefit for the audience because they get to experience this guy being weird. Right. You, you, you guys are you guys are uh, talking as if this isn't going to be in the show. I, I thought we, I, I was bringing this up as like a point of discussion. We oh, can no. keep this in. Yeah, uh, this is absolutely oh, okay. staying in. This is yeah, we're going in. we're yeah. going full meta. I'm fine oh, okay. with that. Hey, our listeners are smart people. All right, I trust them. <laughs> <laughs> How smart can they be? This... They listen to us. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully this sudden fourth wall break doesn't upset them. What I'm listening to a show. <laughs> <laughs> Next, you tell me these people are real people somewhere. You know, it's um, it's funny. Um, c- kind of on that topic, um, my buddy was giving me advice for like how how we could elevate the podcast and he said like one of the big steps um in like the podcast development is eventually getting our faces to be shown because statistically on youtube 
showing your face just gets you. Yeah, people subscribers. love face reveals on YouTube. <laughs> um, and and the thing that I find bizarre about that is like I'm not wearing a shirt right now. Like, <laughs> is that gonna be weird? <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck it. Give give the audience what they want. <laughs> and on that note, here's <laughs> porno in August. They dropped us off by helicopter in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, wearing Speedos and sexy bathing suits. And now we are waiting for the director and crew to arrive, staring at each other, waiting in the ocean water miles and miles from any type of land. Little does the audience know, we are also wearing Speedos and sexy bathing suits. <laughs> well, they know now. Oh, damn it, everyone, everything. It's supposed to be a reveal for the first visual episode, Joe. <laughs> oh, no. You know, that brings to mind, Does is anyone else a little creeped out by the uh, yellow polka dot bikini song? <laughs> um, is that just me? I've never felt creeped out by it. I used to like it a lot when I was a kid, but I mean, I'm, I guess, kind of a creepy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly you were a creepy kid. Um a lot of songs from that era, if you really examine them critically, don't don't hold up. Yeah, no, this is. Don't get me started on Calendar Girl. Oh my god. So what's this movie about? Asks the puffy blonde actress beside me, inside a child's floating tube with zebra patterns, trying to hold her hair away from the water. Unlike any of the others, I'm in a wetsuit with diving gear, even an oxygen tank. I have to take the mask and breathing tube from my face to respond. Didn't you read the script? I tried, says the woman, her breasts floating in the water under the tiny bikini top. But it was too confusing to me. Why would he have, like, the goggles and the breathing thing on above water? Like, oh. everyone, everyone just hanging out and he's just we're, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a diver. This is what we're, I do. We're, we're, we've come in. We're in media res right now. you, you got to take the journey. Yeah, I mean, maybe he... Uh, dropped in wearing the mask and was scuba diving for a minute. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I begin. It's about... My mind draws a blank. We're in the middle of the ocean and... I don't remember. I swear I read it just the other night. Every line of it. I remember saying, at last, a porn flick I'd be proud to act in. So new. So groundbreaking. But I don't remember a single word from it anymore. All I know is that it takes place in the middle of the ocean. I must be losing more brain cells than I thought. That's also a side effect of listening to the Brain Worms podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also, do, do, is that a normal thing? Do you guys expect to lose brain cells? I mean, maybe he's got, like, uh, oxygen hypoxia. Is that what it's mm. called? Yeah, uh, yeah, it sounds right. I just stare at the blonde woman, Jenna, I think her name is, with a dumb, blank look. Then I turn and swim to another cast member, Randy, the only thing close to a friend in this business, probably because we both have a fascination with AMC automobiles, especially Matadors. Fun fact, one of my friends when I was in high school actually had an AMC Matador, it was like a 76, and uh, that thing was a massive boat of a car that uh, 
I could not imagine anyone responsibly owning at this point in time. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you chimed in because I was actually going to ask if anyone had any more information about <clears throat> what that was. Uh, they're gigantic boats just, of car. They're, just they're muscle cars. cars. Yeah, <laughs> muscle cars, basically. Kind oh. of an awesome thing. It had like a V12 engine. Damn. Yeah. Nice. Randy is closing and opening his eyes. A zombie in the water. Water wings on his arms to keep him afloat. Hey, Randy, do you have a copy of the script? Saltwater makes his eyes itch. Yeah, it's like Speedo right here. <laughs> yeah, let, me, let, let me pull it out of this jellyfish for you, buddy. <laughs> Saltwater makes his eyes itchy, and the sunblock on his nose doesn't seem to be helping. Turns to me. No, I never got one. They said I'd get it last week. When I told them I never got one, they said one of the crew would give me a copy on the helicopter, but the crew wasn't on the helicopter. They're coming by boat. Yeah. So I've never even seen the script. Did you forget yours? I left it at home. We rarely follow the script anyway. I gaze down into the water to watch my flippers waving back and forth. Inches below my flippers, the deep blue water becomes darkness. It's bugging me. I read the script, but I can't remember a thing about it. I remember really liking it. Really, really liking it. But that's all. Randy shrugs his beefy shoulders at me. All I know is it's the biggest budget porn film this company has ever been willing to try, chewing on a pruned finger, and that it's shot entirely on location in the middle of the ocean. You'd have to pay me a lot for me to agree to, like, yeah, we're just going to leave you in a non-specific point in the water by a helicopter, and then some ambiguous time later, a boat will show up. I'd be like... And, and then we will make a film. Yeah, yeah. I'd mean, I mean, like, yeah, no. Uh, how about I go on the boat? <laughs> yeah. Randy turns to the bald woman with a full suit of tattoos, who didn't bother to wear a bathing suit because she already has one tattooed on her privates. Shady, do you have a copy of the script? The bald girl smiles at him, always smiling and twitching. No, they wouldn't let anyone take it on the helicopter. She holds up her arm to scratch, tattooed up and down with sun faces and dragon scales. They didn't want them ruined in the water. Randy calls to the entire cast of porn performers. Does anyone know what this film is about? I was never given a script. Everyone looks at each other, frozen in question faces, struggling with thoughts. I don't think a single one of them can give us an answer. Oh, I just remembered. It's, oh my God, it's, about, it's about the cask of Amontillado. <laughs> it's, a, it's a deep meditation on the human experience. Um, also, a porn film entirely set in water sounds miserable for everyone. It does. No one's having any fun. Like, if right. they can pull it off, because apparently this is like an avant-garde, like we're breaking boundaries kind of production, then, like, I'm intrigued. I want to know how how are they going to do the camera work? <laughs> I mean, the underwater cameras exist. It's true. Well, yeah, but like you, you like you normally have like a pool, you know, like with some ground that you can stand on. You know, like in in the ocean, you're just like you know, yeah, there's some logistics there. Like upper body strength is going to become very important. I feel. Oh like. yeah. Everyone looks at each other, frozen in question faces, struggling with thoughts. I don't think a single one of them can give us an answer. I know what it's about. 
one of them says, deep voice. Yes, it is King Soul, the big name of the film, the older, well-endowed black actor who's been doing these films for nearly 20 years. A real professional. Of course, he probably knows the script by heart, memorized it word for word, even the scenes he doesn't perform in. He's been known to treat porno scripts like he's acting in a real movie, or maybe even a play. We all swim to him, circle around the king. He likes the attention. Big smile in his salty water goat beard, scraggly like pubic hair. So what's it about? I ask. Well, it's about a bunch of people stranded in the middle of the ocean. There's some sex. Parts of it are filmed on an island. Lots of other weird stuff, too. Kinky stuff? Shady asks, curling her fingers excitedly. Freaky stuff? Jenna seems concerned. I mean, well... King Soul begins. Well, just weird stuff. Unusual stuff. That like that stuff in art theaters. That's a big ellipsis. That's, that's a big, yeah, that's a big lot. Unusual for porn is, uh, yeah. <clears throat> One thing I have to give, at least in the, these early stages, Carlton Mellick III credit for, he's treating the, these workers in the sex industry, they're just like they're actors making a film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of cool. And also, in terms of, like, the language being used, I can basically, like, I've, I've got, like, a relatively clear image of, like, everybody and, like, their mannerisms as they're talking yeah. to each other. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably really important for the sort of thing that he does, for you to be able to really visualize and, and you know, feel these characters like they're real people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, when when weird shit happens and genital things are bursting out of genitals, <laughs> you're not going to be terribly impressed by it, right? Also, it, it, like if there is like pornographic literature here, are we are we allowed to to put that on YouTube? Are we? Like, are we allowed oh to yeah, read we're that? we're we're listed as as mature content. We're fine. Yeah. Okay. If you're underage, turn off this podcast right now. That's right. <laughs> Go read something good. <laughs> no offense, Carlton Mellick III. Uh, I mean, well, King Soul begins. Well, just weird stuff. Unusual stuff. Like that stuff in art theaters. Like what? I ask. The king thinks about that for a minute. A hand in his crusty facial hair. Like Lars Van Trier's Antichrist. Oh, <laughs> fantastic movie. And probably not far off from where this is going, if I had to mm. guess. So um, we watched it together, right? We did, yeah. There were a lot of genital uh, incidents in the yeah. movie. <laughs> not sure, he says, and we groan in response. I read it so long ago, it might all be false memory. I had a couple dreams about the movie. Not sure what was the script and what was dream now. I can't believe how unorganized this is, Randy squawks. They said how important it was for us to actually read the script for once, but not a single one of us can remember a single detail. Speaking of unorganized, I say softly, does anyone know when the crew is going to get here? Our eyes wander for the director's ship, looking to the horizons. Nothing. The ocean stretches for miles in all directions with no foreseeable end. 
How are they going to find us? <laughs> You're only thinking about this now? <laughs> Jenna, like a little child, though the oldest woman here. They promised they wouldn't lose me. I'm scared of oceans. They can't lose us, King Soul says. He holds up a small mechanism like a walkie-talkie with a blinking red light on it. I was given this tracking device. They know exactly where to find us. They're just late, that's all. You gotta look up to Soul. Everyone in the business does. He's so calm, has everything under control. They say he even graduated from college, but he doesn't ever brag about it. Half of us didn't even make it through high school. Hell, I only got a GED. But he's not the only one. We look up to Shady as well sometimes. She's been taking art classes at the community college for as long as I can remember. We're able to relax for now, but my legs are getting tired from treading water. I have to let myself float sometimes to allow the muscles a rest. Good thing we all have strong lower bodies from doing so many of these films. We're all in great shape, even old soul, for this kind of legwork. The eleven of us hold tightly together, keeping each other warm as the wind begins to pick up. We stop talking to each other when the sun goes down. I'm not an expert, but eleven actors in one porno seems like a lot. Um, depends on the porno. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, well, nice. uh, well, I mean, like, it also depends on like, like what what's what's the ratio here? Is it like eleven? Is it like ten tops, eleven bottoms, or is it? Yeah, and we like, haven't really like. I think we've only been introduced to two or three female characters, but I could be incorrect about that. Yeah, I think uh, two females and three males so far, yeah. based so. on my count. But uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's like the Ben Hur of pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> the eleven of us hold tightly together, keeping each other warm as the wind begins to pick up. We stop talking to each other when the sun goes down. Water smacking against our bodies in the quiet, skin shriveled and numb, thirsty. The water begins to get warm around us, hugging us like a bed. Someone was peeing. <laughs> that's that's never a good sign, actually, if it's, yeah. Just like a patch yeah. of warm water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's urine. <laughs> I open my eyes. I see half the sky is murder black, but there's a deep blue line on the other horizon, the sun about to come up. I move my legs, and my mind jerks clear. I remember where I am, my lower half numb in the warm water, waving my bare feet back and forth in the dark, salty ocean. I'm no longer wearing the wetsuit or diving gear, but now am in a speedo that is not at all mine. Perhaps I traded costumes with someone. I also wake up in unfamiliar speedos on occasion. <laughs> You should talk to a doctor about that. <laughs> I like to live a life of adventure. <laughs> I'm lying on my back, my upper half floating on something soft and comfortable. I turn to my left. No one is in that direction. I look to the right. No one. I look behind me, in front of me. I'm all alone. I feel something rub against me under the water. Screech and leap, splashes in the ocean, looking for what had touched me. It was a hand, a human hand. Jenna. She's floating face down in the water, still in her floating tube. 
I'd been on her corpse, sleeping on her this whole time. Perhaps I'm the cause of her drowning. I don't remember at all. Shivers creep my back as I watch her body rocking in the dim lighting. Where is everyone? I ask the water, but the water's busy whispering to itself. I lift Jenna's face up. In a delayed burst, liquid burst pours out of her mouth and nose and ears and eyes. I tremble at the sight, looking closer. Her eyes are wide open, but the eyeballs are missing. And there's nothing inside of her beyond the eyeballs either. Hollow. She's empty inside. Just a shell filled with water. Yeah, but aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> her skin, on the inside and out, has been bleached white. Her mouth hanging open, greasy tongue dripping out, like a fish's mouth. What happened to you? I ask her. She looks blank. Not horrifying or morbidly disfigured, just blank. Empty and sad. I let her slip through the floating tube and slowly sink into the shadowy depths, her empty corpse refilling itself with water. I take her place in the tube, a tight fit, but I'll be able to last for a long time without having to tread water. The strip of light in the horizon is not growing any bigger. The sun doesn't want to come up anymore. Did everybody drown? Perhaps they killed themselves. It wouldn't have been difficult. Just take a deep breath of water and then all black. Yeah, it's maybe the easiest they're... thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, another fun fact, uh, maybe a little bit personal, but uh, when I was a teenager and uh, in a very bad place mentally, I did, in fact, once misguidedly attempt a... Uh, offing of myself in a swimming pool by just holding myself underwater under the diving board it doesn't work <laughs> like your body decides that it wants to live mm -hmm. and you just you can't <laughs> at least i couldn't turns right. out i actually wanted to live so you know yeah. good for me but well, listen uh, green i'll always have your back yeah yeah <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Survival instinct is real. Mm. Maybe they're with Jenna now. But Jenna, what happened to her? Her insides just disappeared. Perhaps she never had any insides. Perhaps a voice. Somewhere in the distance. I can hear it slightly from the darkness. I can't see that far. There's a fog in that direction. I hear the voice again. I hear the voice again, a little more distant. It is real, though, I'm sure. Definitely someone trying to find me. Perhaps the director and crew have finally arrived by boat. Or they might have sent a search party for us. Over here! I hollered to the distance. Those assholes. Fucking assholes. They came too late. I'm the only one left now. Yeah, I guess I should be happy I'm actually being rescued. But everyone else is dead. Over here! Over here! I scream. I get closer to the voice. It gets closer to me. But there aren't any boat sounds. Just a voice. I recognize who it is. Randy. 
he's still alive. Randy, I call to him. His distant voice grows a little louder and louder until we're able to understand each other, though we are still unable to see each other in the fog. This is the weirdest Finding Nemo fanfiction I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say the same. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Randy cries. I don't remember anything. Did the helicopter crash? What do you mean? I ask. The last thing I remember is getting on a helicopter to film the new movie on some island. Then I woke up alone in the middle of the ocean. It scared the shit out of me. Where are you? I'm over here. His voice is so close to me, but the fog is getting thicker. I can't see anything. Keep talking, he says. Don't you remember yesterday at all? I ask him, paddling furiously. Yeah, we went to the bar and bought an eight ball. No, that was the day before yesterday. No, it was last night, remember? You must be delirious, I tell him. Yesterday, we were dropped off in the ocean. How could you forget? That was the whole catch to the film. It was going to be filmed in the middle of the ocean. We were waiting for the director's boat to get here, but they never showed up. What are you talking about? Randy yells. I think I can make him out in the distance. The film was going to be some stupid run-of-the-mill porno on a deserted island. It was going to be a Gilligan's Island parody. No, it wasn't. Soul said it was an avant-garde porn flick set in the middle of the ocean. What are you talking about? That's impossible. For one, Americans do not do avant-garde flicks. And two, how the heck are we supposed to fuck in the middle of the ocean? Very good question. question. Yeah. I, I actually really like the fact that it's how the heck are we supposed to fuck yeah. in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a good line. Yeah, yeah. My mind becomes dizzy. Is he confused? Or am I the confused one? I don't think I can think straight. My head's in pain from dehydration. It doesn't matter what happened, I tell him. We're both probably delirious. In either case, we're in a shit of trouble. Still swimming to each other, but we have yet to meet. Is that a metric shit of trouble or an imperial shit of trouble? Um, I'm going to go with imperial in this case. Mm. I'm not sure which is larger, but this seems like imperialism is just going to fuck you harder, you know? That's fair. Yeah, that's the answer. You know, did you guys know with the imperial ship, the reason why it's 12 inches long is because they measure, like, that was, like, the last ship that the they measure from the king. They, they measure the <laughs> King George's shit. <laughs> that's how they know. I like his style. Uh, I wonder if his poops were blue, too. Wait, what? Hold on. No, King Pardon? George III. He actually, he would pee blue. Um, oh, he, yeah, yeah. That was an inbreeding quirk that he picked up. Uh, yeah, I think it, it was some sort of disease or genetic uh, thing that he had. Um, he, he pissed blue. Huh. Yeah, yeah. That's a fascinating bit of trivia. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Have you seen anyone else? He asks. I woke up next to Jenna, I tell him. She's dead. Do you think anyone else survived? I doubt it. I only remember you and Jenna having stuff to float on. The rest of them would have been treading water all this time. I don't think they made it. Do you think they'll find us? 
Not if this fog doesn't clear up. I can't even find you. And then Randy came into view, lying on his back to keep afloat. His water wings stretched to his sides. There you are, I tell him, paddling my feet in his direction. His eyes closed. I grab his leg and pull him to me, just watching him in his relaxed position. But he doesn't end this relaxed posture. Randy! I reach my hand to his shoulder. Come on! Stop fucking around! And I jerk him to wake. It's a unfortunate piece of phrasing, given the subject matter of the story. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> a popping noise. Randy opens his eyes and water boils out of the sockets, flowing out of his mouth and nostrils. I splash backwards, almost out of the floating tube, fumbling my limbs. Face dunks into the hot ocean. Try to reclaim myself, huffing, choking breaths. A few minutes of calm breathing and I slip the water wings from Randy, let him sink out of view. You too, Randy. I say to his silhouette beneath me. You were empty inside, just like Jenna. They must not have had souls. Just hollow, sad creatures without anything on the inside. I guess most people in the adult film business are without soul. Eventually, This is, this is not going to be a fun adventure. In, <laughs> in, uh, this, is not, this is not what, that, what that's going to be, is it? This, this is not gonna. No, this this does not end well. I I think this has already started poorly. Um, I guess most people in the adult film business are without soul. Eventually, as I believe Jenna once told me, the business squeezes it out of you like juice, and then you don't really mm-hmm. care about anything anymore. Yeah, that's uh. Um. A lot of things get squeezed out of yeah. you in the... <laughs> yeah, that. that's, that's very, very true. Um, well, Allegedly. probably true about the adult film industry. I feel like that's equally applicable to really any job in, in the universe. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with being an adult performer, an adult no. entertainer. Uh, there's nothing at all wrong with sex work in no. general, um but uh, of course given everyone's being responsible about it sure right. sure of course yeah you know it, and, it's, and, and all informed consent is on the table you know, all of that. right human trafficking aside right. there's nothing wrong with the adult film industry <laughs> um but the uh it does seem like it, it can be really hard for people mm-hmm. so objectifying too that, yeah yeah I, I gotta admit, I did not expect to get this sort of uh, deep into that from uh, from this story. Well done, Mr. Uh, Melick. <laughs> A gush of water goes into my lungs, and I cough myself into consciousness. Hey, look who's awake, Shady says, splashing water at me. And my eyes go in and out to see her face, her bald head shining in the dim light. Told you he'd wake up eventually. I hear King Soul from beside me. I clear my head and look around. There are five of them with me. What happened? I ask them. The last thing I remember is finding Randy dead. That's all you remember? Shady asks. You didn't go unconscious until two days after we found you. And you told us you found Randy empty that morning. I don't remember seeing any of you since the first day. 
How long have we been out here? How long, Grim? Shady asks the skinny, bearded biker guy to my left. Eleven days, he says in a feminine voice. Wait a minute. Eleven days? Shouldn't we be dead by now? The jellyfish have been keeping us alive, Shady says. My questioning face wrinkles into more questions. You're the one who found them, Grim tells me, his face very bisexual in its features. Not sure what he's trying to say. Right? Yeah, I, I think androgynous would have been a better word choice, maybe. A significantly better word choice. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like uh, you can't really have features that are sexual orientation. No, <laughs> that's not a thing. Look, Shady says, jerking her dragon hand into the water and pulling out a transparent jellyfish as big as a head, squirreling <laughs> at her wrist. The first night we were out here, you reached into the water and pulled one out. There's enough juices and nutrients to sustain us, Soul tells me. But now we're starting to think they're poisonous, making us lose our memory. Yeah, because they're, they're fucking jellyfish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> here, we haven't fed you in a while. Shady gives the curling jellyfish to me. Eat this. Biting into the live creature, twisting limbs around my face. Water. Cold, fresh water gushes down my throat, and the creature stops moving. It's fresh water, I say. Yeah, Shady tells me. Like a living water balloon. A rubbery exterior with only water inside. There's hundreds of them all around us, some girl says, but you can't see them because they're clear. After I chew its stretchy meat down, I gaze into the water looking for them, but there's nothing, just crystal water. What happened to the others, I ask. King Soul. Well, you said Jenna and Randy drowned. Toby and Camisus disappeared the first night like you. And Norma, well, there's been a shark that's been after us for the past few days. It picked off the weakest of us yesterday. You probably would have been next. What about the tracking device, I ask. What tracking device? Shady blinks her tattooed eyes. Soul has a tracking device, I tell them. They have confused looks. King Soul digs into his bag around his shoulder. Everything they gave me is in here, Soul says, but I don't remember a... He's so shocked to see the device in his hand that he nearly drops it. That's it, I say, but it was blinking before. Soul clicks a button and the red light starts blinking again. It was turned off. We're saved, one of the girls says. They'll find us now. Shady, thank God you remembered. (laughs) A wave of relief blows through them, but I am amazed they had forgotten about it. It's something I would never let leave my mind. By the way, wasn't there 12 of us supposed to be in the movie? A girl asks us. She's the girl who was supposed to work with Shady in the lesbian underwater scenes. Um... Sounds like you have something to say there, Joe. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to figure out the logistics of what you just said. Uh, yeah, I mean, oral is off the table. Absolutely, but yeah. but just the the lack of gravity. I feel like I mean, and immersion in salt water. Like, there's just a lot going on there. It's gonna be real unpleasant for everyone. It's nobody. Nobody's having any fun. Right. 
you, you'd have to have some real acting chops to like. Yeah, I guess that's what it comes down to. Yeah, they are earning their paychecks, people. We're we're we're, we're making the mistake of assuming that everyone in in porn films are actually enjoying what's happening. Yeah, well, and, and like, not performing. Yeah, that, that's a that's a question. Like, how long does it take before you get bored in like porn? I guess I mean that depends on the actor or actress, yeah. you know. Like, and what some people seem to, to do. really keep their enthusiasm. Yeah, you know, there are people like Annie Sprinkle, for instance, who has been in the industry or an industry adjacent for like mm-hmm. something like forty years now, mm-hmm. which is kind of amazing. But then you get people that are in it for six months and overdose and die or kill themselves. Right. So, Ugh. yeah, it's. Uh, it's Imagine, <laughs> imagine if your fetish was being paid and being filmed to have sex. Well, I think it would work out very, very well for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we have anyone in the adult film industry in the audience, feel free to drop us a line with your oh, insight please, into please. The subject matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. What do you mean? Shady asks. They always have 12 cast members in every film they make. I don't know what you're talking about. No, that's right, Soul says. They were always strict about that. But wasn't there 12 of us dropped off in the ocean? No, there were 11 of us, the girl says. Pixin. Shady puts her hand on the girl. I think you're right. Hold on. There are the six of us, Norma, Brandy and Jenna, Toby and Camisus. That's eleven. Who was the twelfth? Vixen asks. Shady. You and I were gonna fuck. Brandy and Mark were gonna fuck Jenna. Sol was gonna fuck Norma and Camisus. Grim was going to fuck Toby. Who's left? The shy girl behind me, a newbie in the business. I don't know who I'm screwing. We all turn to her. Sill, I think her name is. Yeah, pretty sure it's Sill. A moment of clarity, and my hand reaches up in the air. The little guy, I scream. Who? they ask. You know, the little man. Soul. Oh yeah, the midget. I'm screwing a midget? Sill screams. That's not the worst thing that could happen. Um, I was really hoping that that we were setting up a reveal that the twelfth actor was Cthulhu or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I I was like, "Who's the twelfth actor?" And then at the end of the book, there was going to be a reveal. We're not there yet, so (laughs) that's fair. (laughs) Not a midget, I say. A little person. Remember, he always gets mad when you call him a midget. What's it matter? Says Soul. Midget is just another word for little. Vixen, but what happened to him? He was never on the helicopter, Grimm says. Yeah, he was, Soul says. The entire helicopter ride seems like a dream now, but I swear he was on it. Michigan seems like a dream to me now. (laughs) Did he ever get off, I ask? Interesting choice of words. (laughs) Yeah, Soul says. He was swimming with us, making us laugh with his tricks. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, hang on. What, tricks? Because he's a little person. He's he's full of riddles and juggling acts. It's fine. 
I, I, I mean, also, he's probably an entertainer, he, not just an adult entertainer. He might right. do other things. Like, I just wanted to make that joke. Sure, sure. Although you're no, probably but... not far off, like, to be completely honest, um, I would not be surprised considering that to this day, uh, little people in Hollywood are getting the short shift and most of their acting gigs are like, oh yeah, yeah, I hadn't even thought that through. (laughs) I thought that that was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) But no, they have to do like costumed work and things like that or, you know, all sorts of things where they just don't really, there, there aren't very many actors who get to be just themselves. And it's probably not uncommon at all for, uh, little people to I, I haven't researched this at all but i might um to take up jobs in the adult industry as well because a paycheck's a paycheck and it's not right. like you're gonna see their face in their day job so that's fair i was i was just hung up on the tricks part like like what were they out there and he's like and someone was like man i'm bored and then and he's like yeah hey i got you covered here just watch me like uh, balance these spinning plates on these sticks I have in my speedo. Just pulling coins <laughs> out of people's ears. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly floating like three feet above the water. Who knows? <laughs> Midget magic. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to hell. Yep. Apolog- I apologize to anyone. Who is horribly offended by what we're saying? I, I apologize to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, <laughs> yeah, I just apologize to our audience. <laughs> Where is he then? He must have disappeared like the others. Are you sure you didn't dream him? Vixen asks. No, he says. Of course not. I always confuse my dreams with memories. I'm glad he's dead, Syl says. I don't want to fuck a midget. Oh, uh, this as long as it's for your convenience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, he, he was a person with a life and an inner monologue. But... <laughs> Screw you, Syl. <laughs> Who was I supposed to sleep with, I ask them. I already told you, Shady says. You and Randy were going to do Jenna. No, I tell her. You said Mark and Randy were. They gaze at me. You are Mark. They say. No, I'm not. Wait a minute. What is my name? It's not Mark. It's... I shake my head. Mark. Shady puts a dragon arm around me. This is hard for us all. My name isn't Mark! I shove her away. And what should we call you? Shady asks. Don't call me anything, I say, swimming away from her. I wake one morning in the wetsuit again, praying I'm not lying on another dead, empty body. My eyes searching, I see King Soul sleeping, Grim holding him up, Sill sleeping with Vixen holding her. And I turn my head, noticing Shady is behind me, making sure I don't drown in my sleep. You didn't sleep long, she tells me. I feel like I've been asleep for days, I tell her, rubbing my red eyes with salty, numb fingers. Oh, don't do that. No, no, that's awful. That's bad. You've been awake for days, she tells me, and only slept for an hour. How long have we been out here? 
You've forgotten again? I nod. We stopped counting a long time ago. A month or two, maybe. My eyes burn spicy at her words, wanting to cry. Shady says, our memories keep going in and out, especially after we sleep. We don't know how truthful our memories are anymore. I don't remember very much at all. Nothing's been worth remembering. We just take turns sleeping and eating jellyfish all day. And sometimes one of us loses most of our memory and we have to explain a lot of things. What about the tracking device, I ask? There is no tracking device, Shady says in a bent voice. What happened to it? Did it break? Sink? No, Shady says. Soul opened it. There was nothing inside. Just a box with a blinking red light. Are you sure? It was just a prop for the film, she says. Not a real tracking device. Well, what about the shark? I ask. Shady pauses. What shark? There was a shark. They said it killed Norma. No, Shady says. Norma drowned. There's been nothing but jellyfish out here. No, they said it was a big shark that killed her in one bite. Your memory is playing tricks. A high-pitched scream, and everybody jerks upright. A fin is in the water, violently splashing next to Sill. Vixen pulling the young girl away from the splashing fin. A shark! Grim screams, and everyone swims together in a tight ball. The shark fin lowers into the water, Sill shrieking at the top of her lungs. We hold her from thrashing, arms whipping at us. My feet! She screams. Watch my feet! We pull her into the floating tube, exposing the shark bite to us. We jump away from her when we see it. Her feet are missing. But there's no oh. blood. Her legs are hollow. Nothing inside at all. Water gushes out of the holes and oh, into God. the ocean. When she sees her legs, Sill stops screaming. Like she was never really in pain. Her eyes drop wide, just staring at the stream of water draining out of her hollow limbs. What the hell are you? Vixen screams. The shark is circling in the background. But all of our attentions are on Syl now. Syl is confused, shocked maybe, not saying a word, not breathing. She oh lifts God, her wrist. What if the shark was going to be in the porno? <laughs> <laughs> That's the 12th member. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if they're filming this whole thing. That's <laughs> true. You know, sharks do have two wieners. Do they now? All of How them? How do you know that? Why do you think I know that? <laughs> Take a guess, Joe. <laughs> Uh, so that's why you're not allowed to go to SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> there is a list and you are on <laughs> It's not a list. There's, there's no one else. It's just my name. <laughs> oh, God. Still is confused, shocked maybe, not saying a word, not breathing. She lifts her wrist to her eyes and examines it closely. Then she pokes a hole with a fingernail. A thin line of water sprays out like a cut vein. Everyone watching her, the shark behind us, as she begins to drink from her arm. Then she looks up and smiles. 
I'm like the jellyfish, she tells us. This is all fine. And then she <laughs> falls back, exhausted. I'm hot, she says. I'm so hot. The water... Shady swims to her, staring Stop into her it. hollow legs. <laughs> She's right, Shady says. She's like a jellyfish. They all sigh, like the whole mystery has been solved. Then Shady bites into her arm, ripping the rubbery skin from her. Sill doesn't scream, watching Shady chew her like a jellyfish. The rest of them join her, gnawing on Sill's skin, water squirting out into their mouths. We're having a weird time today. <laughs> <laughs> I swim behind her as Shady chews the back of her head away. She's totally hollow inside, and I can see the back of her face. Ah. Stop doing that, Syl says, and seeing her mouth move from the inside sends nails into my cricky neck. No vocal cords, no brain, no blood. How can she function? She's a jellyfish, Mark, Shady says, stuffing one of Syl's empty breasts into my mouth. Eat her. This is fine. All right, then. Wake up! Somebody screams through a megaphone. I open my eyes to a small speedboat in front of me. A camera is pointed in my direction. My vision clears, and I see three men standing in the boat. A cameraman, a sound man, and the director with his megaphone. We have a porno to make, he says. No more sleeping on the job. I don't recognize the man. He's not the director I remember. Actually, I don't remember any of these men. We've had the same director for years. We go drinking together, baseball games together. But these people are utter strangers, yelling at me like a drill sergeant. I'm not sure what the original crew looks like or what their names were, but these people are not them. I'm sure of it. Start fucking, the director yells at me. <laughs> I see King Soul and Grimm are double-teaming Vixen over there, lying on floating tubes, struggling to get a decent position. I turn around to Shady, who was cradling me in my sleep. When did they get here? I ask her. Couple days ago, she whispers. They've been working us day and night. I don't think we can do it anymore. They won't let us in the boat until they have enough decent footage for the movie. Go underwater! The director screams, pointing his finger like God. Shady and I are sucked under the water, jellyfish pulling us down, curling around our limbs and sucking us under the water, invisible creatures forcing us together, my wetsuit rubbing against her tattooed flesh. We use my oxygen tank. Yeah, I, I think Dagon at least. Yeah, yeah, a little more apt. We use my oxygen tank to take turns breathing as they pull us into the darkness. They open up a pocket in the crotch of my wetsuit. They slide in up inside the insides of her legs, and then they shift us together like puzzle pieces. I watch Shady through the mask, her eyes closed tight with fear and maybe pleasure, the jellyfish caressing the backs of our thighs and shoulders. But my mind jerks awake as I realize I feel nothing inside her. She is hollow, empty in there. I'm just moving in open space. I go soft. I cannot continue. Over Shady's shoulders, the shark is returning, plunging at us for an attack. I grab her, force our way through the slippery jellyfish, her hollow body light enough to carry. We explode through the surface, and Shady takes a gasping breath. 
get back down there, the director screams at us. Shark! Shark! Shady yells at him. And the shark leaps out of the water, flying over our heads like its fins or wings. We all tweak our eyes when we see the shark has pink peach skin and large human-like breasts underneath it. And it lands on the unsuspecting Grimm, who had been hard at work between Vixen's legs until it came crashing on top of him. What a weird time we're having. (laughs) (laughs) The shark begins squirming on top of him. It is screwing him. He screams at us for help, but we cannot move. He tries to scream again, but the shark bites into his face, tears off his mouth. Water gushes out of Grimm's face. His head is hollow inside, his lower face missing. Grimm's eyes look around, watching the shark woman as she rapes him. Keep going! This is great! The director screams, cheering for the shark. This is what we've been waiting for! Vixen is pinned under Grimm. King Soul slowly swims away without considering to help. Vixen pushing on Grimm, but they're hooked together by the floating tube and the weight of the shark. Is this anything like your film set experience, David? <laughs> you know, um, we weren't in the water, and I'll leave it at that. Nice. Should, should we should we put a warning at the beginning of this? Like, like this, I mean, the name of the episode disturbing. is Fantastic Orgy, so... No, not for that. I mean, like, for the disturbing part. <laughs> Ah, uh, eh, well, uh, hey guys, warning, <laughs> this is going to get pretty dark. Jerking arms, punches, but the shark will not stop fucking Grim and begins to eat more of his meat, gripping his arms from the sockets and slurping them down, devouring the rest of his head, chewing on his chest as she rubs her shark breasts all over him. Oh, what a picture, screams the director. Um, I'm going to interrupt again. Shark breasts is now a thing that you've had to say. Yeah, yeah. That That is an arrangement of words that has now come out of your mouth. And other people, besides the two of you, will ostensibly hear me say that. Yep. That, that, oh, wow, my legacy. Well, 2020. In, 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 the, in, the, in the future years, the... The neuromancers are going to be pulling old data off of hard drives, and they're going to recover you saying, well, really all of these words, <laughs> but but specifically you saying the word shark breasts. Yep. Shark breasts. <laughs> what, 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 what would the, like, the, uh, the historical um, analogous example of that be? Like, what, what are the things in history that current and in modern day we've looked at and we're like what the hell is this and we can't make heads or tails of it you're asking for for historical analogs to shark breasts yes <laughs> just making that clear okay yeah. um, <laughs> i don't yeah i i i got nothing on that yeah i mean greek <laughs> mythology is full of all kinds of weird you know lady putting on a on a fake cow it's like there's some stuff Really, anything to do with Zeus. Yeah. Vixen kicks the shark, trying to get away, and the shark snaps at her, taking her entire face off, and the shark continues its rampage on Grimm's lower half. Faceless Vixen swimming blindly away. Mark! The director screams. Go fuck the shark in the ass! (laughs) This fucking book. Holy shit. 
Um, Again, God, I wish I hadn't wasted that bit on shark breasts. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Now that's a thing that you've said. <laughs> Go fuck a shark in the ass would have been such a better setup for that joke. <laughs> well, like, you know, and it's funny because we're like we're now exasperated by that phrase. Who wants to take bets that it's like we're gonna get another even more severe one mm. coming up? Like where where does this train take us, guys? Like hopefully uh, to wizard school. <laughs> I as long as I don't have to fuck a shark in the ass. <laughs> My name isn't Mark, I respond, swimming away from the rapist fish. At a safe distance, I turn to see Shady and King Soul sneaking onto the speedboat. The director shouts at me to return to have sex with the shark. Soul, in his leopard speedo, has a sharp object in his hand. A knife, maybe, or a broken beer bottle. Something that he found close to him on the boat. As the sound man turns to him, Soul slashes him in half, his whole body cut in two, folding backwards, empty inside. Water splashes at Soul, blinding him as the director and cameraman turn to attack. Vixen's faceless body is swimming in my direction, following my splashes. I try ignoring her, the horrifying look of a woman alive and swimming without the front half of her head. God. I watch Shady out of the water. Her tattoos are like fish scales covering her skin, fighting the director with the boom stand, in her nudity. But with her illustrations, she never really looks naked. She's a beautiful woman, even though a porn actress. But she's empty inside now. All of her beauty is only on the outside. I want to take uh, just a moment to say that I personally object to she's a beautiful woman, even though a porn actress. Like I, I, I thought where, that was weird, too. Yeah, I, I get where he's coming from and, you know, the artificiality of a lot of porn stars. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe this is just Carlton Mellick expressing his own particular disdain yeah. for the adult industry. Yeah, because we went in, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to completely cut you off. We were kind of complimentary toward how he was treating sex workers as just people in a business. Right. Um, but I, I feel like the larger sort of meta plot of this book is not saying that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I guess we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it, it, comes around by the end or something. I don't know. Because like if his conclusion with all of this imagery is just, Oh yeah. People in the porn industry are fake and hollow. Then that's a little bit banal. A little that, bit. I mean, that, that doesn't that go without saying like, <laughs> not that the people I, I, are empty, I, but like, but like the porn industry, like it, it's, it's like, it's like watching reality TV yeah, and like, like pretending it's, it's real. Yeah, like that's kind no of an one... yeah, that's an apt comparison, I think. Yeah. Um you know, porn and the reality TV business have a lot in common. Well, I mean, just just entertainment is inherently a fiction. Um and I don't feel like it's a hot take. Like uh Toy Story 2 is just it's just an illusion, man. It's just just puppets on a screen. <clears throat> like I I don't feel like that's a very interesting point to spend 30 pages or whatever trying to make. She punches the rod right through the director's chest, but the director continues swinging the megaphone at her. King Soul cuts the cameraman's leg off, 
water emptying into the boat. Vixen, the faceless creature, is behind me now. She grabs me and holds me, caressing my flesh. The shark leaps into the boat, tearing into the cameraman, and soul is ripped in half long ways. His water empties out of him, but one half of him is still standing, one leg and one arm balancing. The sounds of the shark eating rubbery meat, soul's left half stays upright just long enough to cut the director's head off, leaning to one side and popping his head right off its neck, both of them crashing into the water. Shady standing alone in the boat. Her face has a confused look as if waking into the situation without any memory of it ever happening. Mine too. (laughs) (laughs) She jerks when she notices the shark in the boat, fucking and eating a man. And then she shrieks when she sees Soul's right half lying in the boat, wiggling at her. One by one, she tosses the men into the water, and the shark chases after them. I try screaming at Shady, but she doesn't seem to hear me. She must be horribly confused. And Vixen holds me tight in place, won't let me swim to her, wrapping her legs around me. Shady turns to the boat and speeds into the distance, the shark following close behind. And I am alone in the ocean again, alone with Vixen, the faceless abomination. She's still caressing my body. I look into the back of her head because she has no eyes to look into. She moves me forward, hand around my skull to pull me closer to kiss her. But without a mouth, my face slides into her empty head and kisses the insides. Oh, God. The back wall of her head is slick and salty. I close my eyes, holding her tightly in the water. That's a powerful image. Yeah. No, like, like, th- that's what I meant. Like, this is what I think we should put a warning about. <laughs> I wake on a beach, staring up at a bright sun, salt foamy water simmering around me. I sit up. My clothes are a white tuxedo. My mind feels just as white, like a blank piece of paper. The island is lush with vegetation and hills a stream of water leaking from my nose. Walking up the beach, the sun following me like a camera, like I am a television show to the sun. After a ways, I find a table with two seats, a white cloth covering it, with a centerpiece of wildflowers. I sit down in one of the chairs, brushing the sand off of my tuxedo and hands. My face goes into the tablecloth, eyes drifting. Can I get you something, Minshaw? A scratchy voice asks me. I lift my head and see a little man of three and a half feet standing on a log and wearing a white tuxedo almost identical to mine. He also wears a matching eye patch. Excuse me? My mind spinning. Can I take your order, monsieur? I look at my hands as if a menu and then look back at the little man, my mouth agape, squinting my eyes. Yeah. I tell him. Give me the roast beef. Very good, monsieur, says the little man, writing it down in a notebook. What would you like as beverage? Just water, I tell him. Very good, monsieur, he says, scribbling words in his notebook. Are you meeting someone, monsieur, or dining alone? Like the Satan, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I tell him. There is a woman in my view striding along the beach. She sees me and waves, smiling wide. 
I do not recognize her, but she seems to recognize me. The woman is nude, but has a white dress tattooed to her body. Her head is bald of hair, but has a white dinner hat tattoo, tilted to one side. The smile grows, even bigger when she sits at the little table across from me, saying, Hello, Charles. Isn't it a wonderful day today? Yes, I say, half smiling back to her. One of the best I've seen. Her vision lowers to my hand and her smile turns angry, shocked. Oh my God, your ring is crooked. She rips my hand from its resting place and adjusts a wedding ring that's been on my finger. Then she holds our hands together and I see she has a similar ring tattooed on her finger. Once she decides my ring is lined up perfectly with hers, she pops her face up into my sight and brings back her very large smile. Your water, Monsieur, the little man says as he taps a sandy glass on the table. And the little man closes his one good eye and places his thumb in his mouth, biting it off at the tip. Then he fills my glass with the water from inside him. He then speaks in reverse. Yeah, yeah. The owls are not what they seem, no. people. <laughs> I sigh as I take a drink, my hand still prisoner to the woman's grasp, trying to pull it away. The small man scurries to her. And vous, madame? As I gaze into the distance to find another happy couple on the beach. A woman, missing the front of her head, burying half of a black man in the beach soil, and the tide flows in without the consent of the moon. It's kind of a nice sentence. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Was that the end? Yeah, that's the end. That's it. Oh, yeah, that was a weird time we just had. Yeah, I gotta when, say, first yeah. and foremost, mm-hmm. um, this was the most engaged I was yeah. with, uh, like all the books we've had so far. I, I, I was like, I was like, where is this going next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't disassociate once during that. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> the book would not let us. Um, I'm kind of let down by the ending because i thought it was going somewhere and then it was just like um i kind of like i get what you're saying i kind of like that it ended that way um i think that was a more interesting ending than any kind of this is why any of this happened yeah i mean is it heaven is it hell yeah is it uh, interesting uh, it, my best guess um is that it's uh hallucinations from eating toxic jellyfish. Yeah, that holds up. I buy that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a good read on it as well. Yeah. Um, there is an author's note at the end of oh, yeah. the the copy that I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might just just read that real quick i'm Um, very curious basically i started with an absurd idea a group of porn actors find themselves floating in the middle of the ocean with no real clue how they got there then i let the story unfold from there 
Every once in a while, I'll get an email from a college student who is studying this story in their science fiction literature class. They'll ask me what the meaning is behind the story. They'll say, it's about the emptiness of the porn industry, right? That's why the porn stars become hollow inside? And I'll say, uh, yeah, sure, sounds good. And they'll say, <laughs> and in the ending, when the midget bites his fingers off, that represents the brutal effect that pornography has on our society, right? And I'll say, um... The brutal effect huh? that pornography has on our society? What? Then they'll say, and the shark with boobs that jumps in the boat and starts raping everyone. That represents the oppressive nature of the porn industry and how pornography is actually raping our society's concept of sex when sex should be viewed as a beautiful experience shared by two consenting adults, right? And I'll yeah, say... Yeah, there's, there's nothing more beautiful than just the wet, moist bits of humans <laughs> slapping together with all the bacteria squirming around. Well, when you put it like that, I mean, it kind of spoils some of the magic when you look at it that way, yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just a stupid story. Don't take it so seriously. So, just to be clear, this story is not an attack on the porn industry. Although, if I were to attack the porn industry, it would be to complain about how terrible it all is. Who the heck do they think the target audience is for porn anyway? Old men? I'm pretty sure only old men would find that stuff sexy. It's all the same boring crap over and over again. They say there's porn for everything on the internet. Bullshit. I've looked. It's all crap. No, you haven't. <laughs> I mean, it might just be because he's he's Carlton Mellick, and clearly he has a very interesting brain. Yeah. Um. But 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 I do argue that point. Like it's whatever you're looking for is out there, dude. Yeah, there there is actually, um, a, you know, mainstream porn, which is a weird thing to think about, but does exist clearly. Mm -hmm. uh, mainstream porn is all kind of samey, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's the argument people make about a lot of like really anything that's entertainment. Like, oh, it's all the same. It's all like surface level. Like it's boring. Yeah, it's almost but, as if it's made to appeal to the you know lowest common denominator, right. which like, mass appeal things are going to have to do by default. Yeah. That but, that that is one of the big reasons why I compared the porn industry to reality TV. Yeah, no, I think that honestly, if nothing else, I think that's one of the uh, most astute observations oh, to yeah. come out of this whole thing. Um, but yeah, regardless of what medium you're pursuing. If you have a specific thing, it's probably out there. You uh, just have to do a little work and find it. And <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I'd be willing to bet some money that there there is porn that is like the like the 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 uh, fuck. What would you call it? The uh, like the the, the storyline in like in the context of it, like the the the, the, the plot. Like the setup, you know, like the the assumed storyline that's not in the film, but it's like around. Oh, the the meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subtext. Subtext. Like, I'm pretty sure that that uh, there's porn where the subtext is like two people that were on a date and now they're back in, in one of their houses, having discovered a you know a passion that they have for each other, and and it's very and it's like intended to be like a meaningful encounter. I'm pretty sure that there's that, that porn too. 
mm-hmm. if that's what this guy is looking for. Now, I, I think uh, I would be willing to bet that uh, just the mere sight of people boning probably doesn't do much for Carlton. Yeah. Um, so. Or he's deliberately like, I want porn of two gremlins and a polar bear. Like, he's creating deliberately absurd <laughs> things. Well, I mean, that there are... There's a porn film where a woman sucks off two pterodactyls, all right? It might even be three. Fair enough. Um, so if now, it, it, wait, you're is, looking is for that, it, you're gonna find it. <laughs> is that props, CGI, or animation? Uh, body paint and costuming. Okay. Yeah, that, um, that sounds amazing. I, I encourage anyone out there listening to this who hasn't seen that um, to go and look for it. Because... Who is of a responsible age. <laughs> right, right. The um, link will not be in the description. The link will not be in the description. <laughs> but you can find a GIF of it. So. There's going to be one listener who's just going to spend their life <laughs> based on our vague description trying to find this. How the fuck do you spell pterodactyl? <laughs> 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 like, like they they get to like old age. They're 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 like they're like Rorschach. Like, like us. He's got like all he's got like this clipboard with all like the red string going everywhere. <laughs> We're gonna get messages. Like, hey, can you give me the link to that pterodactyl movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sh- should should we review the pterodactyl movie next? <laughs> We're not. <laughs> We're not we're that not, kind of podcast. Kind of, we're not that kind of podcast. But we could be. We that that we could be if we wanted to. If we if we're offered enough money on Patreon, <laughs> and people and people want it, then I might be open to to doing the pterodactyl <laughs> fucking a woman. I should point out that I've never actually seen the full film assuming such a thing exists sure i've seen like a 15 second or so clip in gif format so how how was it um it was a woman on her knees naked like giving a handy and a bj to a couple of guys dressed like pterodactyls now were they were they like animating themselves? Were they like, like flapping their wings and like you know, like were, were they were they into it or were they as confused as everybody else and just like well we're here? I mean I they were getting I'm paid a... and they were getting their dicks sucked. I assume yeah. they were having a great day. As 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 much affect as you can read from a fifteen second GIF of pterodactyl <laughs> costumes. Wait wait wait! Did you just say GIF? I did. I did. <sighs> Okay. <clears throat> is this it? Is this what ends the podcast? <laughs> Over! <laughs> I can't work with people like you. <laughs> let's. I'm gonna. Tr- let's try to herd ourselves back to the original uh, point. <laughs> did we? Oh, have oh they one. don't care. We, we 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 did. We were talking about. Fuck! What point were we? I think we. I mean, honestly, I think. Uh, Prior to getting to the end, we we had a pretty good analysis of uh, the oh, yeah. sort of like subtext of this right. story, oh, and yeah. then the uh, 
author's yeah. note sort of told us to stop doing that and just enjoy it because it's Which a stupid story. Because um, we were kind of, we were doing that. We were absolutely doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the author coming in and saying, no, it, it's not about that. I just want a weird story. I, I, uh, I appreciate that though. Like, like, like he was just like, I was like, I just went to a weird place. Why? Because it was weird. Cause I could, yeah. you know, like, man, I, I, I dig it. I do like that. We've, we've now gotten to read what I would call Lovecraftian erotica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Joe, you just. Oh my God. What, what, what did I do? What's happening? Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Everyone like gathering, get, get, get them real close. All right. All right. You, you ready? Uh-huh. We could read Sonic fanfiction porn. Um, we could. Fanfiction's not really in our of. Um, if only because, and, and, and because again, David and I had some conversations and we were kind of preparing this concept that we want authors that can be taken on their own terms. And and I feel like once we start reading fan fiction, like that's not a published author. Punching down, as it were. Yeah, absolutely that. Um, that's not a professional writer who has published a book. And and as as close, you know, we're we're kind of literary critics. Like that's kind of the premise <clears throat> of this show. It's not really fair to them to go your fuck your fan fiction sucks right. <laughs> 14 year old child on the internet yeah i think um you know self-published novels that sort of thing like empress Teresa. that's that's one thing that's that's fair that's fair game but um fan fiction i i i'm kind of against criticizing fan yeah, fiction in general because it's well, one, it's low hanging fruit, yeah, and uh, two, that's sort of where people go when they want to hone their skills, and it's like making fun of people that are heavy at a gym. Mm -hmm. You know, they're clearly they're trying to work on it. I agree. That's fair enough. Like, like that's the point when it becomes mean what we do, right? Also, uh, <laughs> my search history now contains the words pterodactyl blowjob. <laughs> um, and I've learned that the name of the film is pterodactyl dinosaur spermoplasmoids. Nice. That um, was a real thunker right there to get the cup with that one. <laughs> if, if you're concerned about things like that in future, if you want to use the podcast account... To look for things like pterodactyl blowjob, go to town. I'm, I'm, I'm really not concerned by it. I just thought that would be a fun thing to have recorded for all time. Because nice. I'm still recording. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, we, we've kind of gone in and around and over this a little bit. What do you think about this story? Um, are you going to read the rest of this collection? Would you recommend it to your friends? 
Uh, I definitely like it more knowing that it's not like a rip on the porn industry. Just that. Assuming like, that isn't a backpedal. <clears throat> assuming that isn't a backpedal. Taking the author at his word. I like yeah. it more just like, like, like it's, it's just weird. Why? Mm-hmm. Because why not? <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that too. Yeah, like I would definitely recommend like like if if someone was like, man, I like I, I want to read something weird. Like, hey, check this thing out. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved this. I thought it was fantastic. It was gripping. It was well written. Yeah, this the, was a good story. Yeah, imagery was fantastic. Uh, genuinely enjoyed it. Will continue to look for other samples of his work. Mm-hmm. In the intro, you were talking about how he sort of was the progenitor of this style yeah uh, bizarro literature is is a whole thing right right um, um, and, and there are hits and misses you kind of have to do your research and i can off the air i can i can send you some stuff cool i'm wondering um, uh how much like because splatterpunk was definitely a thing like back mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s um yeah. I I used to read like the books of blood by Clive Barker that oh, yeah. sort of thing, um, and this isn't far off from that. It's a little more yeah um, weird and a little less gore. And and we touched on on this in the intro as well. But Bizarro like as a genre almost seems like just a you know these writers came together at the right time and kind of just kept doing what was already there. Right. Yeah. And and put a new put a new name on it, which is fine. Like genres exist and evolve. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Um but I, I actually when I was, you know, set doing research for this episode, I read this whole collection. Uh this is the best story in it in terms of literary quality. So maybe read like the first story in this collection which I think was the, the the cheese one. And if you and, and if you get enjoyment from that, then keep going. Because he's, he's a weird writer. Yeah, I don't mind weird. Um, yeah. I dig it. <laughs> he, he definitely tiptoes. And, and he, he has the chops that, you know, he's, he's obviously a good writer. But he kind of tiptoes around, like, is this weird for weird's sake? You know, am I just... Like, well, what if the the ninjas and the cowboys fought each other? Like that kind of mentality. Um, right. Where that line ends is going to be down to the reader. I feel like is this just too weird? And that's something I wanted to bring up. Um, appreciating another aspect of this particular story because, like David, I was, I was like sucked in. You know, I, yeah. I, I was like, where is this going? Um, and in my personal opinion, like. Uh, the the weirdness of this story was central and it was kind of organized it wasn't just like taking a, a random number generator from 1 to 100 and just like putting down whatever came to mind mm-hmm. like it it all had like a it all like it was all it seemed like some at least you know from my read on it like mm-hmm. this is this all makes sense yeah. for someone having a hallucination or you know, someone dying of lack of water and, and they start hallucinating, you know, like, oh, this person's part breaks open, fresh water comes out, you know, mm-hmm. so on. Uh, so I, I appreciated that, that it, it wasn't just, just like, 
it, it, it felt like it was following some kind of logic. True. As dreamlike as it was, it was still following a line. And I think that's an important aspect of any kind of bizarro fiction or weird fiction. Like, um, and I guess bizarro fiction would be the spiritual successor of the sort of Lovecraftian weird fiction genre, right? Um, um, sort of. I would almost argue again, like uh, like Burroughs. Yeah, I can. Uh, Kafka, like that kind of like like there's a through line that you can follow. Yeah, it's it's almost like if I don't know um, if you take the just absurdity and strangeness of Kafka, mm -hmm. but you make it overtly science fictiony. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot in this one that would fall into like a science fiction trope, but. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know, um, readers, listeners, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and again, you know, the, the big question is, would you like to hear, cause this is, there are multiple short stories in this compilation. Do you want to hear more? Um, track us down. We've got YouTube, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter. Um, so please message us. What did you think about this? And would you like to hear more of these stories? And don't forget to uh, head on over to Patreon. And if you're uh, of a mind to toss us a couple of dollars so we can keep doing this for you guys, we enjoy it. And hopefully you do too. Definitely. And if you're a YouTube listener, don't forget to like and subscribe and click the bell. <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> That made me feel things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we're done. Any copyrighted content contained within this podcast used for purposes of review. Brainworms podcast is David Combs, Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. Editing and post-production by David Combs. Are provided by Kane Magdalene. The theme music is HodgePod Number 1 by Brian Davis. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon or Ko-Fi, or by leaving a review on your favorite listening app.